to kick off this weekend, I have for you two otherwise forgotten prophecies that relate to our day and to the rise of the ideology of the Iron Curtain. You may have heard these before, but for some of you, I kind of actually doubt that you have. These prophecies, prophecies come from Sister Lucia of Fatima and from Pope Pius XII, and both are on the subject of the consecration of Russia and what would happen if that did not happen. In short, it is about the rise of that ideology. I think you might find it relevant. Now, I know some will say, why didn't Pius XII do the consecration? I'll try to address a theory I have about that at the end of this video. I'll do it only in brief. I mean, I could probably do a full-length video on that at some point. Maybe I will. Let me know if you want that. Let's begin with Sister Lucia. She of the Fatima Seers. She, the only one who grew into adulthood and dedicated her life to being a nun. In an interview with the writer of what might be the best early book on Fatima, Sister Lucia responded to the question about the world falling to the ideology of the Iron Curtain. Here's the account of that from a recent piece in LifeSite News. Quote, In 1947, Professor William Thomas Walsh authored a book about Fatima, titled Our Lady of Fatima, at the end of which he recounts in an epilogue an interview he had conducted with Sister Lucia of Fatima the year before. Speaking with the seer in 1946 about the Blessed Mother's earlier request that Russia be consecrated by the Pope together with the bishops in the world to her Immaculate Heart, Sister Lucia told Professor Walsh, What Our Lady wants is that the Pope and all the bishops in the world shall consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart on one special day. If this is done, she will convert Russia and there will be peace. If it is not done, the errors of Russia will spread through every country in the world. Does this mean, Walsh then asked, in your opinion that every country, without exception, will be overcome? And Sister Lucia answered, yes. End quote. Walsh famously asked Lucia about the United States and if it too would fall under the darkness of the Iron Curtain. She said yes. I'm using the Iron Curtain as a metaphor, obviously, and its darkness is the ideology of the USSR. While it is, it, as a political unit is long since gone, its effects still are being felt around the world. Many people have interpreted the third secret in the Fatima message as a Cold War message, with God taking a political side in that conflict. That's sort of missing the point by, in fact, a wide mile, especially if you take into consideration the other messages from Sears and Our Lady from that time and during that period, all the way through the Our Lady of Revelation message. The Fatima message, even by itself, is about a false ideology that turns the state into God, attempts to smother the faith wherever it takes root, and the dangers of both impurity and, very likely, the infiltration of the church. I'm increasingly becoming one who thinks that the Third Secret, in fact, warned of a wicked council. That's my suspicion. It's a warning backed by a plea, supported with a sign of hope. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph, says Our Lady at Fatima. But what does that mean precisely? That's really anyone's guess. We don't have the full secret, so we'll never know either, until we do or we live through its fulfillment. Which brings me to the next point. Pope Pius XII had a forgotten prophecy on this subject. We get insight into the state of the church in his time from his own words and his interpretation of the as-yet-to-be-written-down secret of Fatima when he made the following prophecy of sorts, and I say of sorts because it's not a vision he had, but more of a prophecy based on observing the obvious. He combined the Fatima message as he knew it at the time with the state of the church. It's eerie, to say the least. 
In Pius's own words, quote, Let us suppose that the ideology is one of the most evident instruments of subversion used against the Church and the traditions of divine revelation. Then we will witness the contamination of everything that is spiritual, philosophy, science, law, education, the arts, media, literature, theater, and religion. I am worried about the confidences given by the Virgin to little Lucia of Fatima. This insistence by the good lady on the dangers that threaten the church is a divine warning against the suicide that would be contained in the altering of the faith in its liturgy, its theology, and its soul. I sense all around me that the innovators want to dismantle the sacred chapel, destroy the universal flame of the church, throw out all of its ornaments, and make it full of a sense of guilt for its historic past. Look, I am convinced that the Church of Peter must rediscover a sense of pride about its past, otherwise it will dig its own grave. I will fight this battle with all my strength within the Church as well as outside her, even if the forces of evil one day take advantage of my very person, my actions, or my writings, just as today they attempt to distort the history of the Church. All the human heresies that alter the Word of God are made to seem like they are better than her. A day will come when the civilized world will deny its God, when the church will doubt as Peter doubted. She will be tempted to believe that man has become God, that God's Son is only a symbol, a philosophy just like any other. In the churches, Christians will seek in vain for the red lamp where Jesus waits for them. Like the sinful woman weeping before the empty tomb, they will cry out, Where have they taken him? It will be then that there will arise priests from Africa, from Asia, and from the Americas, who have been formed in the missionary seminaries, who will speak out and proclaim that the bread of life is not ordinary bread, and the mother of God-man is not a mother, just like many others. And they will be torn to pieces for having testified that Christianity is not a religion like others, because its head is the Son of God, and the Catholic Church is his church. End quote. Pius said these words in 1933, several years before becoming Pope, when he was known as Cardinal Pacelli. Knowing this, you probably want to know the obvious here. Why didn't he do anything about it? That's one thing I hope to find from the Pius XII's archives, that they're not, but they're not open to normal members of the public. But let's re-ask the question. Now, why didn't Pius XII do the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary? Like Pope John Paul II, he consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which is another reason why I don't buy the idea that John Paul II did the consecration either. If he had then, if he had then Benedict XVI and Francis's consecrations wouldn't have been necessary. There'd be no need. We'd be living in the triumph of the Immaculate Heart and the promised age of peace. Clearly, that's not the case. So why didn't Pius do it? It's simple. Pius XII was the last of the anti-modernist popes. I'm certain he had an idea of the many bishops that it would have simply said no had he demanded it. I think this gives us insight into why the Pope of 1960, John XXIII was the one called to open the secret, because John Twenty-Third was closer in ideology to the problem bishops and might have been able to get them to do it willingly. We'll never know, obviously, but Pius XII was governing a church already severely infected with the men Bella Dodd and people like her had recruited. As she said in her 1950s testimony before Congress, she and her peers had already recruited men who had ascended into the hierarchy, at least one of whom was a cardinal, though she never named names at the request or maybe insistence of Fulton Sheen. Again, we'll probably never know what that case was, though I have my suspicions on some of who those men were, men like Spellman and his peers, the good-natured orthodox-appearing modernists of their day that we know enough about now to see through them. 
but that's a topic for another time. In short, though, I think this is relevant to our day. Father John Harden, whom some of you will be familiar with as his writings and lectures appear monthly on this channel on Sundays, once gave a famous lecture where he said that America had already embraced the ideology of the Iron Curtain and was the most successful country of that system in the world. Why? Because our idolatry of economics, our dismissing of religion, and numerous other reasons. He sounded like he was out of touch when he said it, but not anymore. And that really makes you wonder. I'll have his lecture on that probably start live for those interested. I suspect it'll still be relevant. Anyway, let me know what you think about this. Keep praying for the church and for the countries of Christendom that the Iron Curtain will not descend upon all of us. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.